Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this bonus Ask an Expert episode, I'm joined by Dr. Davin Lim, a board-certified laser, procedural and aesthetic dermatologist Dr. Lim has over 20 credits to his name. Widely considered one of the world's leading experts for laser-treated skin disorders and rejuvenation therapies, including tattoo removal, acne scar revision and laser resurfacing, Dr. Lim was our first port of call when it came to answering your questions on skin resurfacing. Away from our regular brand founder conversations, I am asked so many highly specific questions about the skin. Given that I am an educated consumer and by no means an expert, it would be highly unethical for me to even attempt to address those skin concerns, which is why I insist on taking those questions to a medical doctor. This Ask an Expert series gives you, the Glow Journal audience, unprecedented access to medical doctors, professors and dermatologists – And while this episode is sponsored by Candela Medical, doctors legally and ethically have to remain objective in interviews like this. For this reason, this series is giving you, the listeners, completely unbiased expert answers to your most specific skin questions. As mentioned, this episode is sponsored by Candela. However, all of Dr. Lim's views are entirely his own. And as per any interview with a doctor, you will hear absolutely no specific product recommendations throughout the recording. Only generalized advice allowing you to make your own informed decisions. This conversation was recorded remotely. So for those who would prefer to read the answers to their questions, I have made the entire episode transcript available on glowjournal.com. To find this transcript, simply visit glowjournal.com and search Candela Medical. In this episode, we've taken the questions you asked about skin resurfacing to Dr. Lim. From what laser resurfacing actually does, how it works, and the difference between resurfacing and appeal, through to whether or not it can really do anything for acne scars, pigmentation, fine lines, and wrinkles. To start, this was a question that actually popped up quite a bit. A number of listeners asked a question to the tune of, I have heard of skin resurfacing, but what actually is it? Right. In simple terms, it's as the name suggests, skin resurfacing just takes off a layer of skin. So that layer can be really superficial or it can be super deep. And that's all it is. It's basically just turning over your skin surface area and that has different implications. For example, treating pigment, wrinkles, pores. So so how does that process actually work? What sort of laser are you using? And then what is that doing to the skin? Right. So when we talk about resurfacing lasers, we normally talk about one of two classes, something called non-ablative. So the most popular non-ablative is something called Fraxel. So that's the one we all hear about and the one that's advertised so prolifically over the past decade or so. So that one reserves the top part of the skin. So believe it or not, it's so advanced that it preserves the upper part of the skin. In other words, its barrier is not broken. 
but somehow it transfers the energy to the deeper parts of the skin. So that is a more technologically advanced laser compared to the older fashioned erbium and CO2 lasers we call ablative. So an ablative laser, like how I explain to patients, is a very fancy um, sander. So it's basically, I consider myself a tradie. Instead of, uh, instead of sanding down floors, I sand faces. But it's exactly the same. Exactly. No, no different. Does the type of laser that you're using, does that affect the results? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly when it comes to brands and delivery, it does. But I think a lot of the time, it's also the end user. So most of us can get around, uh, you know, underpowered lasers um, by doing more passes, by understanding how the delivery system is made. So the answer to your question is that I think it's a, it's a bit of both, um, but I think it's more important of the person delivering it, yeah? Mm-hmm. One listener has asked, does it hurt? I'm interested in skin resurfacing, but I'm a bit nervous. Well, does it bear... No, sorry. Um, <laughs> yes, I guess the answer is yes. Um, I think anyone who says, look, you know, we've got a painless treatment, like literally painless treatment that can give you outstanding results, it's probably a bit of bull. Um, so it's, it's not like you've got discomfort that we can't do something about. It's really easy. If you've got discomfort, we come up with ways to decrease that discomfort or, or eliminate it. So most of us would use a super strong numbing gel beforehand, and we augment that with a bit of cooling. So at the end of the day, um, your your provider will always find ways to make it more comfortable for you. So that shouldn't be a barrier. Temporary pain for long-term gain is what I say. Yep, no pain, no gain. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any downtime involved? Yeah, the downtime can be tiered according to um, the settings and the type of laser we use. So downtime can be as short as, um, you know, four or five hours or as long as 12, 13 days. So your, I guess, provider will negotiate with you what your goals are and then come up with a solution that also respects your downtime. Mm -hmm. Roughly how many treatments would you recommend before a patient can really start seeing results? It really depends on what we're using and how we're applying it. So in the role of which I work with capacity, which I generally speaking, we 90% of the cases, we just have one treatment, and that's it, and the results are there. Um, in some cases, we may need two, three, or even more, more um, sessions. But mostly, one session in the context of providing good treatments, the patient will meet or if not exceed their goals. Mm-hmm. And is this the sort of treatment where you would need to come back over time for maintenance, for lack of a better word? Yeah, so, you know, once again, with the setting of the laser, it's much like a sander, yeah? If you, if you are polishing a floor and you haven't polished the floor for 10 years, for a decade, and you've got, you know, a crap load of scratches everywhere, chances are you're going to get it pretty hard with a sander and then you're going to give it a varnish. And then in six months' time, you go, hey, you know what? I might just give it a light varnish. So it's exactly the same. Is we, we won't probably use the same device. We'll use another device, but it's much more gentle at six months and 12 months. One listener has written in saying, I'm getting married in April. How many days or weeks do you need to leave in between a resurfacing treatment and an event? And she's also asked, is it too late now, being Feb, for me to see results before the wedding? No. So I reckon um, 
one month is so my, my rule everyone has different rules I'm, I'm kind of conservative when it comes to when it comes to weddings because i've seen what happens from, from yeah. other so my, my rule is that any resurfacing um usually a, a month before yeah so you've got to have clearance a month before because you know, with Murphy's Law, um, chances are you're probably going to break out with acne or rosacea or, you know, all this stress about the wedding. Uh, you've got to factor all that in as well. So my answer is like one month before a no-go for any lasers. Um, now, in the context of will you get results, if you start the treatment, let's say, in late February, early March, your skin can easily heal before, um, before your wedding. Yeah, so I guess... If you get onto it quickly, something like a, um, a, a Fraxel laser, for example, can do wonders for the skin with just one session. Mm-hmm. Another listener has asked, what is the difference in the results that I would see from laser resurfacing as compared to something like a peel? Ah, so you're speaking to an OG when it comes to peels. I yeah. love my chemical peels. <laughs> so... The answer is that, um, look, it really depends on the peel and depends on the laser. Now, I have a hard time um, convincing people to go for peels because they go, oh, wow, you need for something. They've got 35 lasers. Your lasers must be really, they must be really good. The answer is that, you know, sometimes the old-fashioned peels like a TCA or a Jesna's TCA peel with an acetone scrub, just the basic stuff can give you unbelievable results. So the answer to that question, it really depends on your um, provider. If, if, they, if, they, if they're trained for peels, by all means, um, chemical peels can give better results than, than lasers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably d- depends what you're trying to treat as well because another has asked, will resurfacing help with raised slash bumpy acne scars? Yeah, so usually those are termed hypertrophic scars and sometimes you know, taking a step back, you know, simple steroid injections, a simple microneedling together with some steroid application over the top. It doesn't have to be complex. Mm-hmm. So sometimes simple treatments outweigh lasers. So even though I love lasers, I always look at, you know, what's the best treatment? And sometimes simple is best. So the answer to the question is that resurfacing, yeah, it's a bit of an overkill. Um, you know, we do use it sometimes, but sometimes just steroid injections are just fine. Mm-hmm. We come back to this in every episode. It just goes to show that you just need to go to someone that knows what they're doing and then they can look at your skin and say, okay, this is the best course of action. Yeah. Simple rather than self-diagnosing. While we are on acne scarring, another listener has asked if it can help deep pitted acne scars and she's also said, can it ever make them worse? Yeah, so... Once again, the, the answer with that, and, and we do this daily, yeah, so we probably treat at least half a dozen to a dozen acne scar patients on, on a daily basis. So even though we have access to many lasers, when it comes to deep pitted scars, my treatment of choice is just a paintbrush with TCA, uh, in other words, a chemical peel. Mm. So in this situation, when we're looking at, you know, multi-million dollar lasers compared to simple treatments, in the context of deep pitted scars, my preference is um it's just a simple peel mm-hmm. simple simple peels still on acne this seems to be the line of questioning at the moment um someone has asked can you get laser resurfacing if you are still getting breakouts so the others have been about scars but this person mm. is still getting breakouts so that's controversial yeah um and and most dermatologists would want your skin to be clear it's very simple it's that how I explain to patients is that when you have laser resurfacing, you know, you, you, what you want to do is build up collagen. 
-hmm. and you want your body to go cool you know we want to build it up we want to have more resilience we want to stimulate collagen and elastin now the flip side is that if you have background inflammation much like if you're going to the gym you know you have a tiny muscle tear it doesn't have to be huge it's just a tiny muscle tear you can never build up strength in your muscle because your body's fighting inflammation it's exactly the same when it comes to acne that's inflammation so if you if you're using a laser procedure trying to remodel your collagen it might be counterproductive that you have active acne so most of us would prefer that the acne is getting under control or is really well controlled. On that note, is there anyone else who you wouldn't recommend laser resurfacing to? Yeah, we see this all the time. I guess patients with super sensitive skin, someone like rosacea, for example, yeah? And for rosacea, we have lasers out there that target the redness, target the inflammation, and that, that can be a wonderful thing. But if you're putting resurfacing lasers where you're putting a lot of heat into your skin, that can really flare up rosacea. So my first one is, is that. My second is that if someone has melasma, which is a special form of pigment, right, that's a big no-no. Because if you miss that, you know, your, your pigment will get significantly worse, especially with more powerful lasers. So those are the two biggest contraindications. And then there's a whole heap of others, including, for example, autoimmune diseases and, and you know, allergies to anesthetics. So, but those usually are minor compared to the two I've mentioned. Mm-hmm. I've had a few people also asking about skin resurfacing for fine lines and wrinkles. Mm-hmm. Is laser resurfacing something that can help with those concerns? Yeah, definitely. So when you're looking at fine lines and wrinkles, usually just one treatment will be fine. Um, and the, the laser of choice that we use is called the Fraxel, but we deliver it in a certain way called HD, which is high density, which negates the three or four sessions, basically just one session and that's it. They'll get a marked improvement in wrinkling. Amazing. One listener has asked a really great question. She said, I've read that resurfacing can target acne, wrinkles, pigmentation, et cetera, et cetera. But how can one treatment actually target all of those things at once? That was, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, People well, are skeptical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we, we work by physics as well as, uh, so the, the answer to that question is that we look at, at the wavelength of a laser and look at the target. So for example, if a wavelength hits, um, just for example, uh, brown, melanin, that helps pigment. Yeah. So for example, in the bladed laser can do that. And then when you're looking at scars and imperfections, that laser can target water as well, right? Which means that can improve collagen. And if you go deep enough and you concentrate that into a small, small spot size, and you've got a zit, you can destroy both the zit and the contents of the cyst. So there's certain lasers which can have a multitude of, um, of applications most of the time they're good at doing one or two and pretty crappy at doing the rest so it's like a swiss army knife yeah so something like ipl is an example it's not a laser but that's along the same principle you've got one device that can treat many conditions swiss army knife Mm -hmm. to finish to really get the most out of skin resurfacing what do we need to do, say, before the treatment? What's the best way that we can prepare the skin ahead of resurfacing? And is there anything in particular that we'd need to do as far as aftercare? Yeah, so beforehand, you want to get as pale as you possibly can. 
Because when you're putting any amount of heat into the skin, you can have those skin pigment cells known as melanocytes. They can get a little bit excited once you have a little bit of heat. So your melanocytes, if you've had sun exposure in the weeks preceding, are very active. So the most important thing is to control the amount of uh, pigment output. And simple things like sunscreen and hats between two to four weeks prior to resurfacing procedure will give your provider, I guess, the confidence that you're a correct candidate to actually go full on with. So that's the most important. The second thing is with your skincare, right? Mm -hmm. So you can use sensible skincare, like we talked about retinol and niacinamide and even ascorbic acid, because that can help reduce pigment. So just maintain steady in your skincare. Don't change it, just maintain steady on it. And skincare is very important. So we now to the second part of that question, when you're asking about aftercare, each laser will have a different aftercare manual with it. Um, some may be more involved and some are super simple. So in general, you want to just avoid using your skincare, your, your topical skincare from a couple of days after the procedure. And then from there, depending on the wavelength, depending on your goals and depending on the settings, your provider will give you an accurate indication of when to actually restart things. You know? And then obviously paramount, sunscreen after that because you want to decrease pigment or pigment kick, kick up after the procedure itself. That was Dr. Davin Lim, board certified dermatologist who you can find on Instagram at Dr. Davin Lim and at 101.skin. You can discover more about Candela Medical at candelamedical.com forward slash au or on Instagram at candelamedicalanz. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at jemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.